Well, today we're going to have ourselves a money talk. Uh, it's not the first money talk we've ever had as a community. In fact, we've had lots of them over the years. Uh, not because they're anyone's pet project per se, but because scripture talks about money so frequently. It's actually over 2,500 verses in the Bible devoted to issues of faith and finance. And that was the subject that Jesus taught on more than any other subject. So I'm sure a lot of us from our community are familiar with these kind of talks. What I wonder today, though, is whether this particular money talk is going to have some added significance or maybe a whole different meaning than ever before because of the crisis that we find ourselves in. In a lot of ways, we're finding ourselves in two kind of concurrent crises, aren't we? The coronavirus pandemic medically, but also the economic fallout and the implications of that medical crisis. And I think for a lot of us, the economic implications are as severe, if not more, than the medical ones. So I'm wondering whether this particular money, money talk might have a whole different meaning than the ones before it. It's been interesting paying attention to our society's default in a season like this. I think the, the one thing that's been obvious has been our innate kind of desire to store things up. You know, whether it's hoarding toilet paper or I heard a, a story of someone whose superstore click it collect bill this week was over $800. Thinking, man, that's a lot of frosted flakes. But we have this innate kind of desire to store up in times like this. And I find that so interesting because in one of his most foundational teachings on faith and finances, that's actually what Jesus teaches to do. But he teaches to store up in a very different way than maybe we've ever considered before. So if you have a Bible or you have a, a Bible app on your personal device, you might want to turn there and read along as we look at Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6 beginning in verse 19, where it says this. Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, he says, store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Here Jesus teaches a do not and a do when it comes to fanatically storing up, even or especially in times of crisis. And I feel like if we look into this a little bit deeper, we can discover a transaction of sorts that God wants to have with us today, where we gain something from him and we give something back to him in return. So let's look at the first half of this, where in verse 19, Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Basically, when Jesus refers to treasures, he's talking about any kind of amount of material possessions or wealth or goods or anything of this world. When he talks about the erosion from the impact of moths or the corrosion of rust or the human element of thieves, what he's doing is sampling all the different ways that our kind of earthly resources can get diminished in spite of our desires to kind of accumulate them and store them. What he's saying in simple terms is that it's not worth fanatically focusing on the collecting and amassing of human resources because they're fleeting. It's a futile event to focus our energies on amassing and acquiring because that kind of stuff just doesn't last. And I believe in this teaching, Jesus is trying to provide us something that we can gain, especially at a time like this, a much needed perspective. 
And in times of crisis especially, I think he would hope that we would gain some perspective on our finances and on our material possessions. I know for some of us, that's probably a hard message to hear, given the financial implications of the last number of weeks. Some of us have lost our employment. Some of our businesses have been deemed non-essential, and so they've closed literally overnight. And some of our savings and our nest eggs have depreciated as we've watched the stock market decline. In our home, uh, the same thing's true. We're kind of in the same boat. My wife's business was deemed non-essential, and so she's been unemployed for the last number of weeks. All of our kids' part-time jobs have ended, and so uh, we're feeling the effects in our home as well. I don't think the question is whether we're affected by a crisis like this. I think the question Jesus would ask is whether we're surprised by it. Because when you think about even in the course of the last number of years, you know, the economic impact of 9-11, the stock market crash of 2008, those were not the first times that society found our financial resources just dwindling. And I know that the coronavirus pandemic of 2020 will not be the last. Do we realize how fleeting it is to focus our energies on amassing resources when they can all disappear overnight? Now, at the same time, that's not an encouragement to not be responsible or to not try to save up for a rainy day like this. Frankly, I think that's one of the pressures that a lot of Canadians are feeling these days in not so much not expecting these sort of things theoretically, but maybe not being functionally as prepared as we ought to. I heard a statistic a while ago and I kind of brushed it off because I couldn't even believe it was true. But then I I read it again in the National Post this week that 49% of Canadians are less than $200 away from not being able to meet their monthly debt obligations. Basically, half of Canada is less than $200 away from virtual insolvency. And it just makes me realize how much pressure there is on us these days. And we've got to appreciate that in a teaching like this, Jesus is neither being unsympathetic nor encouraging us not to save up and and be responsible. He's merely talking about the fanaticism that we can have to hoard and to collect and to amass material and financial resources, appreciating his perspective that at the end of the day, this kind of stuff isn't worth being our top priority because it just doesn't last, especially in the way that that kind of focus distracts us from our relationship with God. There's actually another story Jesus tells recorded uh, in the book of Luke where he talks about a, a very prosperous farmer who's so prosperous that the only thing they can think of is how to house and accommodate all of their wealth and accumulation by building bigger and bigger barns to accommodate their grain and all of their goods. The story ends, though, with the farmer's life being taken from them that very night. And Jesus concludes the story this way in Luke 12, 21, where he says, A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. He wants us to gain the perspective today that it's just not worth it to make money and material possessions our top priority because that kind of stuff just fundamentally doesn't last. If we can gain that perspective, then I believe we can open ourselves up to the other half of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, where he says, instead, do store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. 
And here Jesus invites his hearers to partner with him in his eternity-altering, kingdom-building plan for the world, sharing his love and good news with those who desperately need it. It's interesting, as I think about this teaching and appreciate that Jesus assumes that no matter what the economic kind of circumstances are of his hearers, everyone has treasures. He doesn't say, if you have treasures, store them in heaven. He says to just store them, assuming that all of us have treasures. And I think to all of Jesus' hearers, he's asking us to look at our lives and to see what capacities we have to make a difference in the people around us. Basically, the word that we would use in our day and age is the privilege that we've all been endowed with. And I think in addition to gaining some valuable perspective on the futility of focusing on amassing financial resources and wealth, Jesus would also have us give away privilege, especially in a time like this. That in times of crisis, he would want us to give away the privilege of our finances and to give away privilege with our finances. Appreciate why that matters so much at a time like this, because in crisis, everything accentuates. And so while all of us are affected economically in a time like this, not all of us are affected equally. And particularly those in disproportionate hardship, those on the margins and those less fortunate, they feel the pressures extraordinarily hard in a time like this. And it requires all of us, especially people of faith, to audit our privilege and to be able to voluntarily relinquish some of our privilege to sacrifice so others can have enough at a time like this. Basically, the way Compassion Canada describes it, those of us who have more than enough voluntarily live closer to enough so that those who don't have enough can get to enough. That's the kingdom economy that God would have us live out, especially in a time like this. And appreciate that it's always been that way when it comes to the way of Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 teaches this. He says, you, followers of Jesus, must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. It's an interesting passage to reflect on, especially the week before Easter, when today would, in the church calendar, be celebrated as Palm Sunday, the day where people flocked around Jesus and celebrated him for who they believed he would be in their lives. And then when they discovered that he came for a very different reason, they killed him one week later. We need to appreciate who Jesus wants to be in our lives because some of us approach God with what's called a prosperity gospel, assuming that we follow Jesus for things like health and wealth. When in fact, the way of Jesus is voluntarily relinquishing his privilege to invest in the brokenness of our world. And the way of Jesus for his followers is exactly the same, even or especially in a time like this. 
Now, that might be even harder to hear than his message on perspective, given the financial pressures that we're under these days, especially for those of us who may be looked at by others as having disproportionate privilege. I know some of us who own businesses that have been deemed as non-essential now find ourselves not only looking after our own households, but also the families that we've borne the responsibility to feed. And we can feel more pressure than privilege in a time like this. But let's appreciate that even today, even in this economic crisis, everyone who lives in 21st century North America has privilege of one form or another. Remember the example of our St. Catherine's homeless shelter residents years ago who, as an exercise, evaluated their income on the Global Rich List website and realized that even on social assistance, they were in the top 20% of the whole planet. And in discovering that, they were motivated to use some of their privilege and collect offerings around the shelter to what turned into make thousands of dollars of investments into Kiva loans for entrepreneurs in the third world. Appreciate that all of us who live in this society in this day and age have privilege. And so the question is, what kind of privilege do we have and how can we lend it to others who need it today? Starting with those of us who are in a really desperate financial situation these days, if you have absolutely no money to spare, in fact, you're desperate for financial and practical support, appreciate that that's what being part of a community is for and that as a church community we're here for you on our COVID-19 page you can click there and go to the need help give help section and provide some of your needs that we as a church community are eager to rally around and meet in a time like this But as you do, appreciate that maybe not in financial ways, but in many other ways, you still have privilege too. And you can lend practical support, you can lend encouragement, you can lend time and energy and attention to other people around you. So think about, even in that place of financial desperation, the privilege that you can invest in other people today. There are some of us in our community who may not find ourselves desperate these days, but we do find ourselves challenged. If that's you today, maybe go to our COVID-19 webpage and click on the Give Help side to be able to contribute some of your privilege or look at our homeless shelters list of needs and provide some contributions there. Particularly for those of us who are part of life groups, let's appreciate that the way God designs the church to work is through this beautiful concept called mutual member ministry, where all of us take responsibility for each one of us. And so as a life group, make sure that your group is taken care of in a time like this. And as a group, maybe look to take care of other groups at a time like this. Then there are those of us who maybe aren't finding ourselves desperate or even challenged per se in a time like this. We're what I'd call more like inconvenienced. Certainly we're feeling the effects, but because of our financial privilege, it's more of an inconvenience. I talked to someone this week who said, you know, as a result of this, I probably won't be able to buy the cottage I was going to buy this year. I'll probably have to wait till next year. That's an inconvenience. I actually heard of someone who uses opportunities like this to invest more of their earthly wealth into the stock market so that when it rebounds, they can make even more money. 
There are people who are in a place where they're only financially inconvenienced because of our disproportionate financial privilege. And you need to appreciate that, especially in a time like this, your disproportionate financial privilege is required disproportionately to meet the needs among us and around us as a faith community. And so we're looking specifically to people of disproportionate privilege to show up disproportionately at a time like this. And know that I'm not making this up. This is the way that the church has thrived throughout history, beginning back as early as Acts chapter 4, where it says in verse 34 that back then in the first century church, there was no needy people among them because those who owned lander houses would sell them and would bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. The way that the church has always lived out the beauty of a no-need-among-them reality, even or especially in times of crisis, is as people, like in the way of Jesus, voluntarily surrender and sacrifice some of their privilege to invest in the brokenness and needs around them, and particularly for those of disproportionate privilege to invest disproportionately. So for some of us who are only inconvenienced, we need to evaluate our privilege in a time like this, knowing that we calculate our privilege through a term referred to as net worth. I know for some of us who live hand to mouth, that's a foreign concept, but to some of us, it's not. And to some of us, we've got to ask ourselves in a crisis like this, whether our net worth of a million dollars would be okay if when it's all said and done, our net worth was only six or seven hundred thousand dollars. Or those of us with a net worth of two million dollars could get by with a net worth of a million dollars or a million two hundred. Or those of us with a net worth of $5 million would actually still be okay if when it's all said and done, we move through this crisis with a net worth of two and a half or $3 million. I know for some of us, those are ridiculous thoughts, but for some of us, those are very real considerations to make. And we need to appreciate that those of us of disproportionate privilege are dependent on in times like this disproportionately. We've seen it over the years in our church's history where we've had a campaign of various, uh, you know, of different varieties. Consider this a COVID-19 crisis campaign of sorts as a church community. You know, I have no question about whether the church will prevail in a time like this because it always does. That's what Jesus meant when he said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is the one indestructible, invincible entity on, on planet earth. The question isn't whether the church of Jesus Christ prevails. The question is whether our community can lean in and step up and be the beautiful picture of Jesus' life and love in a time where people are arguably hungrier for it than ever before. That's only going to, ha- excuse me, that's only going to happen as you and I and us together in the way of Jesus voluntarily relinquish our privilege and particularly when those of us of disproportionate privilege sacrifice disproportionately at a time like this. And that's only going to happen when you and I and us together gain the perspective on the relative value of wealth and material possessions and realize it's not worth hoarding or amassing because we can't take it with us. And at the end of the day, it doesn't last. 
Gang, this is a very different value system than the one that our world is trying to teach us these days. In fact, if you look in the media, especially in the U.S. these days, there's been some talk about trying to kind of lighten the physical distancing requirements in order to get the economy kick-started and back on track by Easter. And without necessarily saying it out loud, they've kind of been suggesting that it's actually worth the sacrificing of human lives in order to save the economy. The message and the life of Jesus couldn't be any further from that. Because the way of Jesus instead is that you and I and us together would voluntarily sacrifice our economies to save and serve lives. Do you want to see God do something more spectacular in this time of crisis than arguably we've ever seen him do anything before? Then let's live out the transaction of gaining perspective and giving away privilege that Jesus teaches in Matthew 6. And let's not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, Let's store our treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Let's pray together. God, we want to pause and even in a time of crisis like this that has economic pressures that maybe some of us have never felt before, we're showered by blessing and privilege because of your generosity toward us. And I pray in these moments that you would give us in the way of Jesus, his perspective on the relative value of material possessions, and that you would give us his heart to live out the voluntary sacrifice of our privilege and of our blessings to meet the needs around us and to be a blessing showering people with your love. God, I pray that like never before, your church and even our community here at Southridge would rise and shine your life and love in real practical ways that make lasting differences. And I pray that we would be quick to give you the credit as you have that impact in us and around us. We love you and we thank you for this amazing opportunity to be a church family together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.